Hello, everybody. My name is Steve Miller. You are listening to uh, Lighten Up here on Israel News Talk Radio. And once again, this week, we are going to discuss the current situation uh, that is going on in Israel, where we have a lot of great stories. And um, I have an outstanding, wonderful, special guest host. Uh, He is also has a show here on uh, Israel News Talk Radio, one of my favorite shows called The Jewish Truth Bomb, which I listen to every week and I highly suggest everybody does. Uh, please give it up for my, my good, good friend. Thank you so much for uh, co-hosting with me, Mr. Lenny Goldberg. Hey, it's good to be here, Steve. Good to be back with you. And oh, good to Lenny. have you in the land of Israel. We need you now. Ah. We, need, we need tough Jews here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny that you said that because... Um, so where I'm staying, uh, I'm, I'm living in Hadera, which we spoke about briefly last week. Um, I was staying in Kiryat Arba, but I moved up here towards the central part of the country. Uh, it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot safer and to, to calm the nerves of my family back in uh, Galut. <laughs> but uh, I started, uh, I, you know, I've always trained uh, Krav Maga. I've been training since 2017 in, in America. And I finally was able to come up here, and literally right down the street is a uh, is a Krav Maga school called Smart Fight, uh, with Avivit Cohen. She is one of the uh, she is the top ranked um, Krav Maga f- uh, female uh, woman in the world. She's like a tenth Dan. I don't know if you know anything about martial arts, but that's like the highest you can go. And uh, anyway, so I've uh, started training with the Israelis because if you wanna. If you want to train Krav Maga, you got to do it with the best. <laughs> so uh, that that's what I've uh, that's what I've been doing up here. And I wanted to also ask you, um, you want to uh, fill in the listeners uh, first. You can uh, talk about uh, well the Jewish Truth Bomb, and then also your um, your show, uh, the other your your podcast, the your Torah, um, the Bible studies with Lenny Goldberg, right? Right, so I've been uh, doing a Bible classes. Uh, we cover the Book of Kings, the Book of Shmuel, and um, it's very important, the Tanakh, you know, this basic book in Judaism. And I think if we were um, knowledgeable in the Bible, the Jewish Bible, most basic book there is in Judaism, we'd be a lot smarter and, and understand much better how to fight a war in Gaza, how to deal with enemies. Because at the end of the day, the book of Joshua, Judges, Shmuel, Kings. It's a book about wars, how to fight a war. So we wouldn't be talking about innocent Gazan civilians and killing uh, just the Hamas terrorists with a tweezer, you know, as if there's such a concept in Judaism. If you learn Tanakh properly, you realize that, of course, this is a collective thing here. It's not a matter of an individual. It's not uh, what we hear from oh, in that Western mind, you know, the idea of innocence or uh, collateral damage and all that nonsense. It was a war. And so that's, it's good to learn Tanakh. It makes you a normal Jew. You can, you can learn a lot of Talmud all day long, Gemara, Halacha, Mishnah, but you won't be a normal Jew when it comes to the concepts of Judaism, when it comes to ideas like vengeance, ethics in war, all those national concepts are only in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, and I can personally attest, I listen to you every week, and everything that you talk about, right now we're learning the uh, uh, Shmuel, Book of Samuel, but it's like, it's just, it's, it's literally, we're living, we're living in biblical times right now, and what, what, what was written back then, what you talk about, um, is literally, 
I wish the, uh, you know, today's uh, nations and the Israeli government would learn, just open up the Tanakh. You're exactly right. If they would just open up the Tanakh, they would learn how to fight a war and, and, and not be so uh, merciful. And even Hashem, God, tells us in the Torah, you know, have no mercy. Uh, you know, you got to get rid of the enemy. You got to expel him from the land. And, um, you know, and there's a reason why we are having these problems uh, today. Yeah. Um, That's right. You know, our, our generals, not only the Tanakh, but, you know, you see that. I, and I happened because I was in the States a little part of the war, I'm listening to Yoav Galant, and he's a lot different than Yoav ben Surya, put it that way. The Sartsavel David is called him Yoav ben Surya. Well, now we're stuck with Yoav Galant. And obviously, he doesn't, he's not interested in the Tanakh, but you'll never hear Bezrat Hashem. You know, every once in a while, you'd like the Israeli leader to say, and Bezrat Hashem, we are going to win. You don't right. get that, right? What, you don't, you don't, they're so godless. And you compare that to the Arab leaders who are always invoking Allah, Allah, Allah. Where is our leadership? The minimal, a minimal amount of uh, understanding that we're Amashem. And this is not just a technical thing of the IDF against the Hamas. Because if that's what it is, then, you know, we're lost. Right. I, yeah. Can't can we just get one Bizarat Hashem? Just one, babe. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, Bibi used to do it a lot before the elections to get the religious vote. But I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Lenny, first of all, we have an incredible uh, amount of listeners. Look at all these countries that are listening. I don't know if you could see this. Uh, of course, the United States of uh, China, uh, Australia, Brazil, United Kingdom, Germany, Canada, Israel, Spain, Colombia, Malta, Grenada, Bolivia, Ghana. Wow. Nigeria, Thailand. I don't think as, as long as I've been doing this show for two years, I don't think I've ever had Thailand listening. Kenya, Mexico. Oh, and Iran. Wow. Iran is listening. Um, so, well, you know, all eyes are upon us. You know, I, when I was watching that Fox News, I had nothing to do in the States but watch Fox News at my mother's house. It was 24 hours Israel. Usually they break to something else, you know, the war in Russia and Ukraine, the Republican uh, Speaker of the House, nothing. All yeah. about Israel every second. And so I think that is one of the reasons people are listening. They want to know what's going on. All eyes focused on the chosen people in the chosen land, and what are we going to do? And I wish we could be a light unto the nations. The whole world is having problem with Muslim radicalism. Imagine if Israel, while everybody's watching, just bombed the hell out of them and showed the world, this is how you take care of Muslim radicalism that's plaguing everybody. We're the Jews, we're the Orlegoyim, we'll show you how to do it. While everybody's watching, let's show them how to do it. But unfortunately, um, we don't act like a chosen people. We act like a... Well, they are bombing them like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Target bombs, empty buildings. Not much different than other than past times. Maybe a little more, but um, warning the uh, warning the civilians to leave. In the meantime, our sons are going to Aza soon, giving the Arabs lots of time to booby trap those houses that the boys are going to go into, giving them lots of warning and sacrificing our soldiers on this altar of you know twisted ethics. And I hope that it's different this time. Everybody thought it would be after what happened. That massacre was so shocking. But, you know, as time passes, it fades and kind of go back to the old mindset. Well, you know, it's interesting that you said that because uh, so I'm located. I, I live in uh, Hadera, which is in the center of the country. And I know uh, I came up here because it's very quiet up here. You would not think that there is a major war going on. Uh, I've never heard. God willing, and I know and I won't. 
but I haven't heard one siren. Uh, I haven't seen the Iron Dome go off. Um, it's been really, really quiet. And um, so I wanted to ask you now where you live, though. Now you live right by uh, you got it to get to your place. You have to go through Hawara, right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, wanted- it, it is very quiet. But of course, it could be the quiet before the storm. But the irony is I had to go through Hawara today. I just came back from Hawara and back. And yeah. um, it's empty. Tell, tell our listeners, what, first of all, if they're not familiar with what Hawara is. And it's been in the news the last, what, six months. But, uh, just, but you live right by there. And uh, just I wanted you to tell your story about uh, you know, what, you, what you drove through there today. You have to go through there, right? There's no, there's no side route to your house. You have to go through that Arab uh, village, right? Well, if you want to get to Yitzhar and Alan Moray and Itamar and uh, Harabracha, all these important Jewish settlements, or Kidumim, big settlements, you got to go through Khawara. And, and there's been a lot of attacks there. It's, it's an Arab village near Shechem. And we saw many, many attacks. We saw the, the murder of the, uh, the two brothers from Harbracha and many more shootings. And many times the settlers would go out and burn up the Hawara a little bit. So it got in the news a lot. And um, right. so, you know, I never like going through it, you know. And I felt bad for the soldiers when I was going through it because I'm getting out of there. And they're like standing there waiting to get hit. That's how I felt. But what happened today? Like you said, there's nothing there. It's empty. The place is empty. It's a ghost town. I was with my mother. She's 91 years old. She's, she doesn't care. She's not afraid. And she's, it's like a, this place is bombed out. Now, you got to understand, this place is bustling during the day and night. Bustling. It's got lights and roundabouts and stores. Every place was closed. The only thing you see are IDF soldiers and jeeps scattered throughout. So it's wow. like you need a good war in, in order to travel through Hawara safely. <laughs> well, where where are they? Where, where I mean, where do you think? I don't they know. Are? Um, I don't know. Um, are they planning another attack? Look, all the settlements are really, really prepared for what happened because we know what happened in Aza could happen in any anywhere. It's it's not, the Arabs are Arabs, and they can overrun us. They can overwhelm us just with numbers alone. We could have a couple soldiers at the Shin Gimel over there at the gate, but what do they got? You know. <laughs> Got a couple of M16s. I mean, I don't want to. We don't. We don't have what, what the IDF has. These are small settlements. So there's always that fear that the Arabs, what they did in Gaza, can happen on these settlements. Another pogrom, another massacre. And don't think it's not in everybody's mind that the Arabs of Israel can rise up at once and overrun yeah. us. Yeah. It's in everyone's mind. Rabbi Kahana used to talk about this in the book They Must Go. He opened up with Yom Adama. The Arabs had this day kill Yom Adama, land day, and they would riot, right? They would riot, and the rabbi saw the, the tip of the iceberg. See, Rabbi Kahana, he didn't have to wait until they massacre you, in you by your thousands. He saw the tip of the iceberg back then, and of course, the Torah also demands that we drive out the inhabitants of the land. If not, there'll be thorns in your eyes. But the Ishmaelite, the Ishmaelite has a special kind of cruelty that even the Barbaric Germans don't have. They like the blood. See, they like to tear you apart while you're bleeding alive. It's not, it's not sterile like the Germans did it. And that's what's scary about the Ishmaelite, the yeah. wild man, as the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the effects of this war outside of Israel. Um, I know there's, a, uh, throughout the globe, there is a tremendous amount of... Uh, uh, anti anti-Semitism and fear uh, from uh, Jews in in America and and otherwise, and um, 
so I saw some posts on Facebook um, of a woman who who was uh, she posted that one of her friends uh, is afraid to wear her uh, Magen David, the Star of David, um, walking around the streets of America. Um, she's afraid because she's afraid of um, you know all the American Arabs. Uh, the I don't like to say Palestinian Arabs, but because I don't know what you know, they're just American Arabs who are you know marching by the thousands. Um, and, uh, you know, they're uh, they're not very peaceful, <laughs> not even in America. And um, so people are scared and uh, security. I've, I've spoken to some uh, some of my Jewish friends uh, in America and all the synagogues have upped their security. I mean, it's really fascinating how when, when stuff happens here in Israel, uh, it, it affects, you know, the outside world. And you look at what's going on in Europe. I think there's a story here, um, which I'm going to pull up in a, in a second here. Uh, in France, right here, it says France, uh, anti-Semites have set fire to the home of an elderly Jewish couple living in their 80s in Paris. And uh, and the Jews of France uh, have reported uh, removing the mezuzahs and other Jewish symbols so they avoid being targeted. I mean, that's just crazy. I saw an article. Um, I saw an article. A girl who was at that concert in the, in the, in the desert where the Arabs shot them up, right near Raza. That big concert with thousands yeah. of youth. She escaped there. She ended up. She went back home to the states, and she says she feels safer in Israel than she does here. She wants to go back to Israel. That's wow. how bad it is. And as Israel attacks Gaza more, and the more you start seeing those demolished Arab buildings. And the rubble of Aza, you're going to see more anti-Semitism. Imagine, this is after the heels of a massacre of Jews and you have anti-Semitism. Right. What happens right. when we start doing it back to them? You're going to feel it even more because God is telling the Jew, get the heck out of there. And I know Jews on campus, you know, everything was fine until there was an incident. You know, I mean, it wasn't ever that great, but now Jews are just hanging together. In the end, the Jews are going to have to be with the Jews. The Jews on campus, hanging with the Jews. They can't trust anybody else. Hashem is telling us, go back to your people. We're, gonna, we're in this together. But in the exile, it'll always be worse than in Israel. And you can see that even now. As bad as it is now, in the exile, there's nothing you can really do about it. You can't protect yourself. It's not your place. And um, obviously, you know, it's, it's kind of like before the Holocaust, God forbid. Before the Holocaust, Europe seemed a lot safer than Israel. You had in Israel the pogroms in 38 and 39. You had the Hebron right. massacre in 29. People in Europe are probably saying, Man, I don't want to go to Israel. It's dangerous. Look at what's going on over there. And what right. ended up being that the, the Europe, the Jews in Europe, they were in the place that was dangerous. So Israel will always be safer. I, I got to tell you, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've, since this whole thing has happened, I've, I, always, I have a sense of calm. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. I mean, I get tons of texts and people calling me all the time. What's going on? Are you okay? I haven't heard from you. I'm like, it's fine. I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm in the Jewish state with the Jewish army. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that. So in America, uh, there was an article written here in USA Today. Of course, it was written by an American Arab woman. It says, battle against hate, violence, bigotry towards Palestinian Americans are spiking across the United States. This woman has the nerve to, to, to th literally saying Palestinian Americans are seeing two fronts in the Israel-Hamas war. One is the bloodshed in the Middle East, and the other is emotional backlash from bigotry and hate in the U.S. I have never heard or seen anyone, anything, any backlash of mobs of violence, of people attacking Arabs, uh, American Arabs. I mean, that is just a, a blatant lie. Even when, Even before I came here, 
Um, I've only been here for six weeks. Uh, so I've been in America during all the uh, issues that have happened with Israel. And they're not once is there ever, uh, it's just, it's, they, 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 they play the victimhood really good. And you know, they like to use that word Islamophobia. Um, and it's, and, and listen, it's, they have the media to help them do it. And even yeah. Biden, you know, the, the piece of garbage, he talked about a Muslim that was killed. There was a Muslim boy, six years old, who that, was that, targeted. And then Biden mentioned that. He mentioned that. But there was a woman rabbi, whatever that was. She was shot down, I think, in San Francisco, Chicago or somewhere, or Detroit. Yes. He's yes. not going to mention that. In other right. words, he's going to play off the Arab side all the time. And the Jewish side is going to be neglected. It says so, here, yeah, yeah you're, the, what you just the U.S. Department of Justice hate crime investigation into the fatal stabbing of a six-year-old Palestinian-American Muslim boy in Illinois is one of several incidents of alleged hate being directed at um, Arab Americans. Now, first of all, uh, I don't know where this guy kid lived, but if he lived in Chicago, that's a problem in itself. I don't think him being an Arab uh had anything to do with him being stabbed i think it was more like probably you live in a violent city where there's crime is infested in every american city um but of course they they play up on the uh the that Arab, and, and, and no one's no i i wouldn't i can't no american is killing uh, uh six-year-old arab kids just because they're arab you know what i mean yeah uh, they, they lie i mean they say the big problem in america is white supremacy you know that's the yeah. problem so they're going to change the narrative no matter what. You can't win. You can't win the battle of Hasbara there. You just got to make Israel strong and let them eat their hearts out. Come to Israel, make it strong, kick Arab butt, and let them all eat their hearts out, all these pundits and medias types. Right. I agree. Um, also, what's going on outside of Israel because of this war, a lot of not just marches with thousands of people, you know, who are pro, who are pro Hamas. And let's just put it. Let's just say call a, a spade a spade. They're pro Hamas. They're not, you know, the whole thing of uh, free Palestine. That's it's not even this is it's they're pro Hamas, pro terror. And um, did you uh, hear uh, the star in Starbucks, the. Uh, coffee chain in america uh the starbucks uh union file is dual is dueling has dueling lawsuits over a pro-palestine social media post so apparently they have a union starbucks employees and um they posted something on social media starbucks says a post by a union account over the israel hamas war damaged its reputation the union says starbucks starbucks is using the moment to perpetuate to per perpetuate its anti-union campaign. So basically, their union employees, or some of them, posted something pro-Hamas on social media, and um, Starbucks is saying, hey, you, we're against this, we're against Hamas, we're against <laughs> you know, terrorism, and now, because you posted this, people are boycotting Starbucks, people are, they're, they're, they're calling in by the thousands, there's death threats and stuff like that. So now Starbucks is suing the union, uh, and then, and then the union is saying, oh, you're just suing us because you don't like unions. I mean, it's a mess. It, all, 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 all because of the war, all because of, you know, look at the chain, the chain reaction from, you know, what happened a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's the domino effect. I find it yes. so disturbing, but yet fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's almost you know, we're one people, even if we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to all those, all the infighting we have and the lack of unity. And at the end, we're just, we're one people. We're looked at it as the same. A lot of the Jews were murdered in those Gazan communities, you know, in that area. They're all super leftists, the most liberal yeah. of all, the Arab lovers, all, all of them. And at the end, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all Jews. 
And the Arab doesn't differentiate if you're, you know, religious, not religious. Right. It says here uh, the post, uh, the social media post damaged the company's reputation and garnered negative attention from customers with more than thousands of people sending in complaints. And Starbucks claims in the loss, uh, claims this in the lawsuit. And the company also says that the workers in stores across the country have since received threatening phone calls, hostile customers and vandalism. And I don't blame them. You know, if you're if you're if you if this goes, you know, this gets out and people say, oh, your your Starbucks is pro Hamas. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get some uh, throwback, but the 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 Starbucks, the you know the company says no, we're against Hamas. This was our employees who are saying this to union. So now you know, and they're suing each other. It's it's just it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I just find it, you know, sad. I mean, but, it's it is unbelievable. After what they did, you know, after what they did, people see it, the videos, yeah. you know, it's it's how out there. You, and how, it, how can you march for for Hamas? How can you even have these marches? I don't understand. I don't get it. This anti-Semitism never was logical. Just a hate, and there's nothing you can do about it. That is true. Um, so uh, here's some uh, here's some. Insp- uh, I don't know if it's not necessarily inspired, but this was kind of like a a touching moment. Did you, I'm sure you saw this. Uh, this was in the Times of Israel. It says uh, in in uh, Tel Aviv. They set up a Shabbat table. Did you see this? 203 wow. empty chairs. They set up one big sh- long Shabbat table outside in Tel Aviv uh, for all the hostages' families uh, holding a Shabbat dinner demonstration in Tel Aviv. So obviously it was empty. No one was allowed to sit there. But uh, there's a picture here. The table looks beautiful. Um, the, families of the, the families of the hostages in Gaza have set up a massive Shabbat dinner table in Tel Aviv with challah, wine, candles, place settings, 203 empty chairs to represent all the people currently being held in Gaza. And the hostages' families have pledged to intensify their pressure campaign against the government after uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu agreed to allow humanitarian aid into Gaza through Egypt without first securing the release of the 200 to 250 captives. Is that true? Is yes. Because I thought that they were not letting any aid. They cut off the water. They, the last time we did the that show, was they at the cut beginning. off the water. They cut off the electricity. That was for a couple of days. It's all back on. I'm telling you, we're going through the same process we did every other time we went into Gaza. Just a little more intense, but it doesn't, like we, it doesn't look like we learned our lesson. And the more time it passes... When you don't react immediately, it's going to be harder and harder to do what you have to do because time passes, the memory fades, all the others, all these other elements jump in, like America comes in and this comes in and you have this factor to, to weigh, and then the world's talking about it, and you don't react like you should instinctively after it happened. The soldiers were so upset. Amisha was so upset. They wanted to kill any Arab they saw us, all of us, anybody normal. But, you know, that's the way it is. You, it, the more time passes... Okay, let's get back to Sheket. That's what I hear people say. Let's hope for a nice, quiet Shabbat. Oh, yeah, okay, nice, quiet Shabbat. You know, what are you I just, did. we're just going to keep, keep kicking the can down the road, even now? I, I, I find it disgusting. And uh, so our producer just uh, uh, messaged, uh, said that Biden, President Biden insisted that they do that. And he says that he's also holding um, Israel back from hitting Hezbollah. Why is anyone listening to this dementia? <laughs> I mean, I, why is how is uh, BB? I, I, look, I don't, I don't like him. I think he he just talks a good game, but he backs down. Why is he giving into this? What what is 
this is I don't want America involved in this. I don't want their they don't America Israel does not need their help. Israel can can certainly handle Hamas easily. Um but they're getting their claws into it. And yeah, now they're, you know, trying to to give our enemies aid. I mean, who does that in a war? How can you possibly protest against Israel? Call us an apartheid state. Uh, we, uh, uh, we, we're, we're an oppressor, uh, but yet we're, we're giving aid to our enemies. <laughs> I mean, not only that, you know, we have no self-respect at all. You know, Biden actually caused the proliferation of the Hamas and Iran because when Trump was in power, he immediately shut off the water to the Hamas to pay for slay and other uh, all kinds of humanitarian aid, he cut it off. Right. He also right. had sanctions against Iran, so they, they their economy was on its knees. Biden came in, he removed the sanctions, he gave the money back to the Hamas, and that's how they built up their military. So now he's coming to us, telling us what to do. So it's why, it's uh, why do you think Bibi is so weak? Well, he's a politician. He's been that way for so long. It could be that he once started out as idealistic, but the more you're in politics, the more you stink. And he's been stinking for a long time. He talks a good game. He, he speaks so well. And like a lot of Americans who are smart people like Mark Levin and those guys, they love Bibi, but they don't know Israel like they know American politics. When you know Israel politics and you see what he's done, this is Bibi. You know that one time when Kerry came to visit, he released 1,100 terrorists as a gesture to Kerry and Obama for nothing? That's Bibi. So he's been like that for a long time. He's a centrist. And it's a pity that you know, this is our leadership. And if we're spiraling out of control now with the Arab population ready to overrun us here, that's Bibi. He's been the guy, the head of the government all these years. He let it happen. Right. Hi. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, what do you think? You, what, what are your thoughts about? Um, I mean, eventually they're going to they're going to invade Gaza. That's going to happen. They have to. They have to get these hostages, if nothing else. Um, well, they also have to prevent the next massacre of Hamas. Right. So, now, the, yeah, you have to understand that there's no such thing as wiping out the Hamas. Hamas is an ideology. It's Islam ideology. Muhammad was like this. about He killed people, slaughtered people. So it's not like the Azans are different than the Hamas. You don't differentiate, right? The, the, the people of Gaza voted for Hamas twice. They yeah. are Hamas. Hamas is not a movement with a membership that you can just kill Hamas. It's, it's a collective. It's the ideology. It's, they're all Hamas. So if, if you're not going to either expel the citizens of Gaza south and get rid of them, then we haven't done anything. It's not a matter of fighting Hamas. It's a matter of doing to Gaza what the Allied bombers did to Dresden. There it was okay for collective punishment. When the Allied bombers bombed Dresden, they weren't just killing SS troops, but they realized that these are citizens, part of a German nation that's committed to the destruction of the world, to kill Jews. The same thing with these citizens. So I have no sympathy for them. This is the same pity that, you know, King Saul had on Amalek. Yes. To keep him alive. There is no, you know, in, in war, even even the secular way, I mean, if you look at the Jewish sources, I could give a whole bunch of them to prove how this collective, collective punishment is a totally Jewish concept. Just open the book of Joshua on any page and you'll see. But even in a logical sense, when we dropped a bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, were people protesting that we're killing innocents? I'm sure there were moralists who said it was not nice. 
But this right. is the same situation. So not only do we not bomb them, we give them water and electricity, and we let Biden give humanitarian aid. So we're feeding these Nazis to do it again. Why don't they let? Why doesn't? Why don't they just? Why doesn't Israel just say, you know what? You want to give them aid? You give them aid. But we're not going in, and let and let America look bad. And well, keeping... they did. That's American aid. Oh, oh, okay. it's not. That was so it's not coming aid. from Israel. Well, they we give them, we gave electricity and water again. We put that back on. Oh, they definitely did that. Okay. Uh, but I guess uh, we were letting America in, so it's essentially the Israelis. You know, they should have stayed their ground and say, "No, stay out of it." <laughs> it's very dangerous when you let America in. It's kind of like you're losing your sovereignty. You know, yeah. you you don't want American. It's like kind of when, you know, in the days of the Second Temple, they let the Romans in to help them against the Greeks, and at the end, yes. the Romans took over. You don't want to lose sovereignty. We can handle the Hamas. Just let us do right. it. Just stay out of our way. You know, and um. We're so used to looking to the goy for help. It's something in our nature that we don't realize that when we, we acted on our own in the 67 war, six day war, we ignored all the warnings and we made that preemptive strike. Hashem said, Kolaka vote. Great. And that's what we won because we didn't pay attention to what the goyim said, to what the nation said. But in the six, but this 1973 Yom Kippur war, we were listening, don't make a preemptive strike. And so Golda Meir suffered the first blow. She didn't want to make the preemptive strike. So Hashem is not going to give us help because we're afraid of the Goyim. So we lost thousands of soldiers for that decision. That's Same thing happening. here. That's what's happening here, right? Yes. We're worrying about the reaction instead of just doing what we have to do and saying to the world, the hell with you. And what I'm saying is the average American wants us to beat the hell out of him. He's sick of the terrorism. I'm talking about the good patriotic American. He's with us anyway. What are yes. you worried about? The New York Times? I don't know what they're worried about. I really, I really, really don't. Lenny, you need to run for prime minister. You need to go in the Knesset, Lenny. I like the way you think. Listen, the change isn't going to come from the Knesset. It's going to come from outside the Knesset. It can't come from within. It's just too corrupt and decayed already. Rabbi Kahana tried it as far as anybody could ever go. I saw that. Nobody could get as far as he got, and then they shot him down. So that's not the vehicle. It's got to be something bigger. What do you think? What's bigger? Well, it's got to it's got to come from the bottom up. It's got to come from the people. It's got to be for a, a grassroots kind of movement, but it's not going to be through the mechanism that we know now. It could be in right. a lot of different ways. I mean, I don't want to go into it now, but maybe my next podcast I'll talk about some of Rabbi oh. Kahana's ideas. Uh, on the Jewish Truth Bomb, right on Israel News Talk Radio, that one because you've got yes. so many podcasts, Lenny. You're all no, over I just have the Bible now. one. The Bible one and the Jewish truth <laughs> And uh, what happens? There's a famine in the land and things go horribly wrong for him. And uh, much like and I came to Israel five weeks ago <laughs> and a war broke out. <laughs> I feel like Abraham. Um, but there's a verse here that I just I, I felt I want to just read this verse and just tell you what the Midrash says, because I think you will. Uh, it's just fascinating to me. And it just it just, you know, when you read the Tanakh. Uh, it's oh, do we have a caller here? I'm getting a caller, Kevin from Virginia. Kevin, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing awesome, and everything I hear you guys saying. I'm. I just want to tell you guys, I'm a Christian Gentile from America, and everything you just said, I agree 110 percent with. You you need to turn Gaza into gravel. You need to <laughs> yes. sh shovel it bulldoze it into the sea and take it back. It belongs to you. Yes. And while you're at it, you... 
you need to uh, you need to get rid of that uh, uh, gold hubcap that's sitting on your temple mount, <laughs> and you Pop need to uh, pop the pimple. Yeah, <laughs> you, you need to uh, you need to uh, uh, get rid of that and take that back a hundred percent. It's yours as well, and build your temple now. You are you are absolutely right. Wow, thank you, Kevin. Amen, amen. So amen. we're with you. you. We are here. We are here. You're right. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for calling. God bless you. God bless you. Um, I wanted to, uh, so I just wanted to read this, just this one verse. You'll be familiar with this, uh, uh, Lenny. It's from, it's from this week's Parsha, chapter 13, verse 16. I'm going to read it in English. I'm not going to read it in Hebrew for two reasons. Because, A, I don't know how to read Hebrew, and B, I don't know how to read Hebrew. <laughs> All right. Uh, it says here, um, verse 16, I will make, he's talking to Abraham after him and Lot split. They went their separate ways. Um, it says, I will, and he reconfirms his promise to Abraham that uh, his descendants will, will, will have the land of Israel. It says, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, then your offspring, too, can be counted. So, anyway, uh, some of the commentaries on that verse, uh, it says here, well, the Midrash says, which I just find it fascinating, uh, two, 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 two comments. One, Rabbi Hirsch says uh, that this refers not to the Jewish population at any one time, but to the total of all the generations of the immortal nation that will flourish throughout history, meaning, of course, Jew, Jews have never been a, a, a majority of anything in the world. Um, so it's just talking over a span of time that we will be like dust of the earth. It will be like we are a majority because of the, uh, you know, the influence and, um, that we have uh, as far as and the, um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it, but when we, you know, when Jews are living in a certain societies, we 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 uh, we help build uh, the economy. You know, we're productive members of society. That's basically what I'm talking about. But what I found here, what the midrash says, uh, which is exactly kind of like, just it's like a wow moment for me. This is why I love the Tanakh. It says, uh, just as dust outlives all who tread upon it, so God promised Abraham that his offspring would outlive all the nations that would per perse persecute them. That comes from the Midrash. And how true is that if you look over our history? All, the, all of our enemies from 3,500 years ago, they're all extinct. And now one more enemy here, you know, we have Hamas and Hezbollah. And it's just, a, it's just a miracle how, you know, when you look at the Jewish people, how can, you, how can, how can anyone, whether you're a Christian or, you know, how can you not believe um, in God, that there's a God? I mean, just look at the Jewish people. Like, we should not be around. You know, if you look right. at our history, and we're still here and thriving, and in this verse, that's God's promise. You're going to be like dust of the earth. It doesn't matter how many people are going to tread on you, attack you, persecute you. You're you are you are you are still going to you're still going to be here. I promise you that. And Israel will be here. And that's why I have confidence. And that's why I'm not running scared. And that's why no Jew, if they study Tanakh and study the Torah, they should realize. You know, don't be afraid to wear your Mag and David. Don't be afraid uh, to wear a kippah. That's one of the reasons why I made Aliyah is because, you know, I wear I wear the kippah, I wear tzitzit. And, you know, in America, I would cover it up because I was like, you know, I just didn't feel like dealing with anything. And I put a baseball hat over my kippah. I would tuck my tzitzit in, you know, 
And uh, I wanted to live in a country in a, and I wanted to live in Israel where I could just be the type of Jew that I wanted to be. And no one cares. Nobody cares. Right. Even the secular Jew. They, 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 no one cares. Right. And, uh, right. It's, just it's so a, much it's just easier a, to be a Jew here. I mean, even kosher food. Let's say you want to study eating kosher food. It's just a lot easier in Israel. There's a lot more kosher restaurants. It just makes it easier to be a Jew. Steve, one yes. thing about the Pasha I want to mention you know, Avram yes. Avinu is known for you know chesed and kindness. When you think of Avram, Avram, Abraham, you think of kindness as his major attribute. Yet you have in the Pasha right. a war he fights. He goes out to war with all his That's kindness. Right. He goes out to a, a war which looks like it's lost. He goes against four kings who had defeated five kings. And you can ask the question, what's he going out to war for? He's, it's like a suicide mission. He's got about 300 guys with him. And, and it says that he's... He quickened his servants, his trained servants. He, he um, got them out to war. And in Hebrew, it says Yarikav. And that's the same thing as Yarok, which means green. So Midrash says his servants were green from fear. And they said five kings weren't able to beat them. And we're going to beat them? So that's how scary this war was. So why did he go out to war? What's he doing fighting these kings? Because he got no shot. Pikuach Nefesh, right? Not a lot to commit suicide. So the key to this is that it says they got Lot. If you look at the verses, you see twice that they captured Lot. And it says, and he heard that Lot, his brother, was captured. They called him his brother. It's really his nephew. But they want to show us. It's like his brother. And so the whole point of that war was because they were doing that to, to, to show we got Lot. The whole point of that war was to get Lot. And that was Abraham's continuation at that time because Yitzchak wasn't born yet. And so who started the war? His name was Amarfel. In the days of Amarfel, they said that's Nimrod, Omar Pol, who said to fall into the furnace. Amar Pol, that's Nimrod. So Nimrod and Avram, they have a history together. They're that's like, right. they've already had a conflict. So Nimrod is trying to show the world that Abraham, he's not on the right path. We're going to conquer him. We're going to take Lot and show that we got Abraham's nephew, his continuation. They put him in a cage, it said, like they put the prisoners of Gaza in a cage, God forbid. And we have Lot. And so Abraham had to go out because it's a matter of sanctifying God's name. This was a religious war. They were saying, Nimrod saying that he's got the right way to do it with his idol worship and worshiping the sun and the, and the moon. Abraham represents Hashem in the world, one God. So he had to go out to that war and sanctify God's name, even though it was very, very dangerous. And this Gaza situation, it's also a matter of sanctifying God's name. When you have Jews massacred and everybody's watching this, the Jews are getting humiliated, being trampled to dust. you got to fight back and show the world, hey, we're God's chosen people. You don't mess with us. That's why we bomb the heck out of Azza. That's why you get Jewish pride. But you got to finish the job. And when you finish it, you will have a sanctification of God's name. The people will say, you know what? There is a God in Israel. He's the God of the Jewish people. That's the God of, that God of Israel is God. How do we know? Because he beat the heck out of, the, out of his enemies. <laughs> Lenny, I feel like marching into Gaza right now, man. You need to go down to the south. You need to, you need to speak to the troops, man. You're like unbelievable. Like I, I mean, I know, I know the morale. I think the morale is pretty high. Um, I've and um, but I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just unbelievable. When you just, just look at the Tanakh and look at our history, how does that not inspire you? Exactly. What, 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 what Hamas did, what these people, what they, what they did is a Chilo Hashem. It's a desecration of God's name. I mean, look at the book of Kings, look at uh, Samuel. I mean, all the people that went to war over, uh, over, uh, because of a Chilo Hashem, you have to, you have to, you have to fight for Hashem. 
for fights and, for his honor. Because the yes. Jewish people, as, what does it mean to be a chosen people? That you represent Hashem in the world. So if you're That's knocking right. the Jewish people down, it's as if you knocked Hashem down, God forbid. Chilul Hashem, this comes from the word halal, which means empty. You vacuum. That you're emptying God from the world when you're messing with his people, when you're humiliating his people. And the only way to fix that, the tikkun for that, is when we beat them up. And then yeah. the world says, hey, there is a God in Israel. It's very simple. You know, the, the nations have logic. They're logical. And it's not like you impress them because Einstein was a smart man and Sandy Koufax was a great pitcher. That's not going to make a Kiddush Hashem, maybe a little Kiddush Hashem. But the big Kiddush Hashem is as a nation, you show Jewish power. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jewish power. I love that. That might be the title of the show. Jewish power. That's what we need to show. And, uh, oi. Unbelievable. Lenny, you, you just inspire me. You inspire me, Lenny. Listen, uh, I wanted to, uh, to thank you for coming on the show and helping me out. And um, My pleasure. You are filled with knowledge. And please, all these listeners all over the world, please listen to two shows here. One, Lighten Up. This is normally a comedy show uh, where we make fun of uh, things that are going on in the news and we talk about uh, you know things that are going on in Israel, and we do wacky and crazy stories. But obviously, due to the times, uh, I, you know it's really it's not uh, proper to to. Uh, I certainly am not making jokes about what's going on. But um, if you're going to listen to uh, Israel News Talk Radio, you should listen to all of the shows. But definitely the Jewish Truth Bomb, which is hosted by Lenny uh, Goldberg here, my co-host. Every uh, it's also every Monday, right? It's it's on. It was yes. on. It was on today. You record it, um, and then also your uh, Lenny Goldberg's Bible study. If you Google that, Bible class, on, Bible class, Bible class. That's right. You're on Spotify too, because I listen to you. I follow you on Spotify. Right now, we're learning uh, the book of uh, Samuel, which is incredible, and you give incredible, incredible insight, and you really relate it to what's going on in the world today, and that's what's so inspiring about it, and that's what just makes me just you know love love Tanakh, love the Bible even more because. Because it's timeless. It doesn't matter what year it is. Uh, you know, it, it's always relevant, and that's why it's 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 divine wisdom. Because Hashem is always relevant, and you know, He wrote it. Um, so please, I want everyone to check out uh, you know Lenny Goldberg's um, podcast, both podcasts, and continue to listen to Lighten Up every Monday at uh, five p.m. Eastern uh, or five p.m. Israel time, ten a.m. American time, and. Um, Hopefully soon, Bezrat Hashem, we will get back to the funny and, and back to the comedy and, uh, you know, just give a, a quick... Uh, would you like to give a quick blessing to our troops and, and to, the, to the hostages, maybe? You're, you're good with that stuff. And then we can... Um, <laughs> God give us the... the, the uh, allow us to... Or give us the koach, the now the bitachon, to destroy our enemies. And even if not worthy of it, even if our, our leaders... Don't understand, don't understand the concepts we mentioned today. But sometimes Hashem will do things for His holy name's sake, even if we're not worthy. We see that in many examples. And okay, we're not worthy, but maybe the nations are worthy of it. They deserve it. They deserve to get bound for what they did to us. So if you're not going to do it for our sake, do it for your holy name's sake, Hashem. And let's see swift vengeance. Bring back the hostages safe, and wipe out the enemies. Until there's none left, as King David says in Psalms 18, I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to return until I wipe them all out. Lo ashuv at chalotam. Amen. 
thank you let it go and thank you everybody and uh everyone be safe and we'll see you next week on lighten up israel news talk radio